the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It doesn't get any easier than this. There's always a lot of competition. Sometimes it is hard to settle on a winner. And there were some legitimate uh, uh, competitors this week. The competition was okay, but nobody has ever been more deserving than this week's winner. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, it started with a no, uh, then a no comment when he was asked about hundreds, maybe thousands of people missing in a, and dead in a fire in Maui. A week later, after he finally came off of vacation, the creep in chief, Joe Biden, had this to say to the people who didn't know if their kids had been turned into ashes or had and or had everything they owned uh, burned beyond recognition. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the expression is, God made man, then he made a few firefighters. You're all crazy, thank God. The only people who run into flames to help other people. And they ran into flames to save my wife and save my family. Not a joke. The smoke and the firefighters here can tell you sometimes smoke is so thick from the windows out. It was that thick inside the home. And we were we were insured. We did not have any problem. But being out of our home for better part of a year was difficult. I can only imagine what it's like to lose your home. Just imagine, if you want to start imagining things, imagine being in that city, that, that on that island, Maui, and you literally don't know where your kids are. You think they're probably dead and been burned and disappeared, just been disintegrated in a fire. And you have to listen to this guy to go. You see how you heard how long he went on about it, and the detail he gave you on that story that nobody cares about, and that was completely debunked by the fire department, and and called a total lie. So, this guy's either a moron, he's or demented, or maybe he's a demented moron, and he's a creep. There's no doubt about that. And there are millions of people out there who will actually vote for him, 
knowing he'll still be president when he's 86 years old. Now they can vote for him knowing he's the AM 1250 The Answer Jerk of the Week. And when we come back, if you don't like Donald Trump and you don't like Joe Biden, don't worry. Gavin Newsom could come to the rescue. Victoria Taft of PJ Media and West Coast Mest Coast will tell you about the San Francisco Doom Loop Tour, which could become the West Coast Doom Loop Tour. Stick around. Well, the uh, two, two old guys fight it out back here in the East to see who's going to be president in 2025. A handsome man with really nice hair named uh, Gavin Newsom is waiting for the call to rescue us all. Victoria Taft of PJ Media has had her eye on him for a while, and uh, she writes about him a lot in her West Coast Mest Coast feature at PJ Media. She joins us now, a regular guest here. Always good to have you on, Victoria. Thanks for coming. John, great to be in the Stagger world. How are yeah, you? Good, good. So um, what is the downtown Doom Loop walking tour? That sounds interesting. Well, if you can catch a plane and get out to San Francisco by 11 o'clock tomorrow and get to City Hall, you'll be able to go on the Doom Loop tour, too. Oh, nice. And it's, uh, it's <laughs> easy for me to say. It's uh, put on by a city commissioner who wishes to remain anonymous who apparently charged 30 bucks a piece and sold out his Doom Loop tour of San Francisco. Um, and he promises that the proceeds will not be going to his uh, any group um, that lead to the destruction of the city. That's pretty much all of them. Does that preclude a lot of people? Yeah, it does, because there are a lot of NGOs and other uh, 501c3s that are arrayed to, and 501c4s that are arrayed to receive all the grant money like little birds in the nest waiting for mom to regurgitate the, the food and give it to them. Here, give me more. And so what they do is they have to keep the problem going to keep the grift going. I mean, these grants never give up and give out. They just keep applying for them year after year, which is why... The people who used to very uh, sincerely try to help the homeless have now turned into a grifting service, and uh, it's the homeless industrial complex, and that's what the problem is. And in addition, of course, the issue is uh, personal uh, decriminalization of drugs, personal use drugs, uh, the fentanyl implosion, uh, the fact that the tenderloin has been awful for years, and and I've been personally been up there and ministered to people and, you know, given them food and you know, help their kids and entertain their children. There are over 3,000 kids living in the Tenderloin right now, but they're sort of stuck in this housing that, uh, you know, the housing first model that is not working and uh, objectively has not worked in San Francisco. So he's trying to call attention. This, uh, I'm sure, I think I know who it is, but... Um, so he's doing I, it anonymously, I, yeah. he or she, I guess. Doing it anonymously. Now, now here, here's his pitch, because... If you don't mind me reading it, it is sure. absolutely hilarious and sad at the same time. You've read the headlines. You've seen the tweets. Now get close and personal to the doom and squalor of downtown San Francisco. How can a city with a $14.6 billion annual budget be a model of urban decay? How can it spend $776.8 million per year on police and have no rule of law? 
How can it spend $690 million on homeless services and receive an official United Nations condemnation for its treatment of the homeless? A tour starts at City Hall at 11 o'clock, and we'll go through mid-market, Tenderloin and Union Square. We will view the open-air drug markets, the abandoned tech offices, and the outposts of the nonprofit industrial complex and the deserted department stores, and it goes on. But that was the meat of it, which I found to be so incredibly spot on. That's I had to share it with my, my readers. Just unbelievable. Yeah, now, does will, will, will this actually be a real... I mean, it's a, it's a nice... Satirical uh, yeah, it's, little it's, post there, but is is, is it going to be a real tour? And will people show up? You think? I think people will show up, and I think they may be able to give themselves a tour. Maybe a commissioner will will show up to give the tour uh, because I imagine that the media will be there as well. And this is the problem: the uh, media have been uh, cheerleading the the as he put it the uh, uh, addiction crisis and um, the. The industrial complex, the nonprofit industrial complex, uh, for years. Oh, this is the best group. They'll help do this X, Y, and Z. And you know, we've talked about it before. The NGOs basically run the government now. Everything is outsourced to these organizations that invariably are the friends of people who have been elected to office, and therefore they give their friends a little spiff here and there, and all is good. And the grift continues, but the problem is the problem continues. And and so, yeah, I think people will be out there, and I think people will walk that tour, bring your poop map so you don't step on any uh, brown, uh, code browns. And, uh, and what's really a travesty is that these people in the Tenderloin have been there for years, uh, and, we have, and it's worse than ever. It's worse than ever. And now that Gavin Newsom has declared himself essentially to be shadow mayor, we in Politico that he's taken the, the city in hand to continue the dumb stuff that London Breed is doing, just like he did dumb stuff when he was mayor of San Francisco. Oh, he's going to fix it? Well, what he's doing is, by his own, during his own uh, governorship, has made California into San Francisco. Yeah, and, and you know, back here in, in Western PA, it really doesn't affect us unless you have relatives or something out there in one of the West Coast, West Coast cities, um, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, L.A. Um, nobody cares back here. Uh, I, 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 I want to see it end because I just think it's so stupid, but it, it's not something that's going to ever affect me personally. But the problem is, is that, and the reason why it should be interesting and important to people back here is that this, the state is the way it is, and, and the city of San Francisco is the way it is, because the Democrats are in charge. Liberal Democrats have been in charge forever. So how much of this can be blamed on the unofficial front runner for the Democrat nomination for president, Mr. Gavin Newsom, who, when Joe Biden either gets his own mug shot or uh, is drooling all over himself and playing bingo <laughs> in a nursing home somewhere— um, and he's going to become the nominee. How much of this can be blamed on him, Gavin Newsom? Well, he, it's his party. Yeah, it's I know that. Super, yeah. It's his. It's his supermajority in the legislature. He's the guy who single-handedly uh, oversaw thirty billion dollars in grift that occurred during COVID, and that was just one aspect of the unemployment benefits. Thirty billion with a B. He has a lot to answer for. Uh, and as one of his own 
lawmakers, his own party's lawmakers, Congressman Ro Khanna, who represents the Silicon Valley. So he has to have a little real politic going on and, and paying attention to the, uh, the, the unembroidered edges, said making California or making America California is not a winning message. No truer words have ever been spoken. He's got a lot to answer for. And yes, he's been cheerleading this on. He's always in favor of all these measures that come on that in front of the voters. Well, we've got to let prisoners out of prison. And he just sits there or, or worse, he gives it a big ole or he'll do some, he'll say that the super legislature, the Democrats that have two thirds majority, uh, well, we can't do that. That'll ruin. Oh, I don't know. Uber. And then what does he do? He signs these bills into law. So he, I mean, I'm going to start going over his record and woe betide him. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, again, I, I say this all the time and I, but it is something I just, I I don't understand. You read off the the checklist that the, the guy or the person um, organizing the, the doom loop tour, everything has happened there. And, if the election were tomorrow, Gavin Newsom would become governor again in a landslide. So would the mayor Maybe. of San Francisco, mm-hmm. whoever she or I forget who that is. London so, Breed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's still there. And, and she also, was next in line. Yeah. She had to be next in line. Yeah. They and, don't elect as much as they select around here. Yeah. And the people who see this every day. I, I have a friend who, uh, he's a Pittsburgh guy. He's a little younger than I am. He lived here for a million years and he... He moved to California after his wife died only because mm-hmm. his daughter lives there and he wants to be by his two granddaughters. But he tells me every time sure. I talk to him, he can't believe the people that he's surrounded by. He said mm-hmm. it's, it's, he just he can't believe what he sees. So he, he's I mean, he's been exposed to not living in California to the people who live out there uh, and who have lived there all their lives that I just think that this is what life is. This is how things are. Oh. and This is what you just accept it. Only in Orange and San Diego counties do they fight back. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the rural counties in the east portion of the state and northern portion of the state. The people who want to be the Union of Jefferson or whatever the latest statehood angle is. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was, let, me, let me put it to you this way. So we live in the West Coast, Mass Coast. Mr. West Coast, West Coast, and I do. Mm-hmm. And we recently made a journey to uh, visit some old friends in Orange County, California. And when we moved initially to Orange County, California, years ago, we, we were just, uh, it was just like a breath of fresh air. So we were sitting now, and this day, we were sitting at a, a kitchen table having dinner with our old friends. And it was the first time in memory we could remember being able to say what was on our minds without fear of somebody giving us the hairy eyeball. It was unbelievable. It was an incredibly blissful and freeing feeling. You don't get that much in California because of the woke scolds and the people who would sooner, uh, uh, you know, start yelling at you or, or put on their mask and give you the hairy eyeball. I mean, it doesn't happen very often. I looked at my husband afterwards. I said, wow, that was an, that was an amazing, that was an amazing time. When was the last time that happened? And we couldn't remember one. You are more aware of someone like my friend who came here from came there from way back here in, in the east, mm-hmm. and, and so you he, imagine the shock for someone like him. He 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 just he he's just stunned that he about <laughs> by the people that he runs into. 
I hate to right. say that about everybody in California, but he he lives on the beach. Uh, yeah, I don't blame him. And, yeah, it's beautiful there. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong; it's yeah. totally beautiful there, and they're ruining it with their politics. Yeah. And pretty soon, the only people who'll be able to afford it is your friend, a bunch of uh, tycoons, and the the poor, mm-hmm. because they're going to be on the dole, and they'll get all sorts of uh, free housing first money, uh, and and rip the system. Uh, that's why the middle class are moving out of California. They are the embodiment of what's wrong with the communistic tendencies of the Democratic Party right now. And don't. And by the way, they are people who are Marxists in there. They, the Marxists have taken over that party. Clearly, they have uh, hung their star, the Democrats have, to the, the farthest of the far left. And they then try to normalize what is antithetical to American values. It is a horrible bastardization of what America can and will be. We're talking to Victoria Taft of PJ Media. You can find her at pjmedia.com. Check out her piece on this uh, doomed loop tour in San Francisco. <laughs> it's unbelievably sick. But while I have you here, i got a few minutes left. Um, get away from California for one second, or a few seconds. Uh, Donald Trump is back on Twitter. He got on there. His first uh, post was his, it's not Twitter anymore, I know, but you know what I mean. Uh, he's on there yep. with his mugshot. What does all this mean? Speaking of where the country is headed and Marxists, the fact that he was arrested and mugged, mugshotted, if that's how you say it, mm-hmm. fingerprinted. <laughs> well, what does it mean? It means that the lines of division are, uh, there's a bright line now. Mm-hmm. And it means that they've martyred this man. And it means that people have awakened, if they're willing to put a former president of the United States, no matter how much you may loathe him, or how much you think that he said things that you, he, he may have uh, inspired people to break the law in, during January 6th, and that's questionable, I would, I would question that. But nevertheless, some people uh, that I admire and respect do think that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've decided that even words cannot be criminalized. And this should not be criminalized, this behavior. Trying to find out if who won the election should not be criminalized. Now, let me ask you, because a lot of people say, well, he, he uh, tried to do any number of things to determine whether or not uh, there was any election tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. And, and what the DA in uh, Georgia has to prove is that he never believed he won the election. That's about what Jack Smith and... Uh, the uh, Fannie Willis has to prove to a jury potentially. And if, if you're Donald Trump, you're thinking, wait a second, these are the same clowns who framed me as a Russian secret agent who claimed without evidence. Oh, well, correction. They had Hillary Clinton bought and paid for it evidence that he had a magic phone to the Kremlin and took orders from Putin. And any number of other ridiculous claims like peeing hookers. Mm-hmm. And these are people willing and able to sell that horrendous libel about the president. Why wouldn't he think they tried to steal the election? Oh, I think they did. And I think they they succeeded. They tried and they succeeded. Got about a minute left. I, I just, it, to me, uh, Victoria... I don't think it's any more complicated than this. Um, he's an outsider. They hated him from the minute he showed up, both Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. He came there wide-eyed, 
knew, thought he knew what was going on in Washington because he was a big shot billionaire. But then he saw things that he couldn't believe. The people who have been there for way too long realized he's seen things he couldn't believe. So they know that he knows, and now they know that he knows they know. And they can't, uh-huh. he can't, they will not let him succeed, no matter what. That's right. That's right. So uh, if, he's, if he's the nominee in, uh, after the whole shakedown on the primaries continue, I will gladly cast my vote for him. Oh. I mean, let, let the games begin, baby. If he's, <laughs> if he's standing on the gallows on uh, Tuesday, November, whatever it is, in 2024, uh, at the time I'm waiting in line to vote, I'll vote for him before they drop mm-hmm. the, the platform. So, yeah, it, absolutely. And like I say, it's a bright line now. Yeah. People hey, know. Yeah. They see it. Well, They're not and, fooled. And it's only the beginning. We have 14 months left. V- Victoria, I really always appreciate you coming on. You did it today on short notice, so I especially appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's Victoria Taft, PJ Media. Check her out at pjmedia.com. I'll be right back. Well, of course, you know that uh, none of this stuff that's uh, happening to Donald Trump could happen if not for the uh, help from the media that the Democrats have gotten. They're, they're one and the same, the Democrats and, and, you know, which media I'm talking about. I don't even have to – I don't think you even have to say um, <clears throat> mainstream media or legacy media. I think when I say media, you know what I mean. It's almost – all the media, and you know who the exceptions are, Fox, Newsmax, and when it comes to cable news, and there are some others, and you know who they are. But the big ones, uh, the, the, night, even, the, uh, the evening newscasts on NBC, CBS, and ABC, uh, it just this couldn't happen without, that, uh, without their help. And I, I just think it's, it's just one – it's a swamp. It's it's the it's the definition of the swamp, and Donald Trump he knew that there was a swamp that existed, but he didn't know how deep it was and what it was filled with uh, until he got there in uh, what January of 2017. And as I said to Victoria a few minutes ago before the break, I I I really I don't think it's any more complicated than this. And she made a good point, and this point has been made before. You, you see him having his mug shot taken last night in Atlanta, and I, I see people on Twitter and other places online describing what it's going to be like for him when he has to be taken into a jail cell in Atlanta and stripped naked and have his body cavity searched uh, and, and then be taken into a cell. And they're cheering for it to happen. They can't wait to see it, just like they, they're they openly saying that they couldn't wait to see his mugshot. Um, this, is, um, this, this is the swamp that, that he has, was, was exposed to, these people in the media. And as Victoria said, why, is it, why, would, it be, why would it be surprising or uh, unbelievable to anybody that these same people would – try to and succeed in fixing an election, if you know what you know now, and and this includes the liberals, they know. They know that the whole Russian uh, collusion hoax was a hoax, and they saw that 
that they were willing to sign up, what was it, 51 former intelligence uh, experts, officials, to say that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation when they knew. It's one thing if they were just maybe wishfully thinking or maybe they were just ignorant or didn't pay close enough attention or just made the assumption, but they knew when they signed that letter that they were signing a letter that was speaking a falsehood. Why would anybody think that it would be on that it would be beyond them to fix an election in a few states where they could swing a you know 50,000 votes or whatever it was and change the outcome of the election? Why would anybody think that they wouldn't do that after what you've seen? The guy was taken in for a mugshot last night. And if you've seen what he was trying to do in Georgia, and you've seen how the the media have falsely portrayed the phone call that he made to the Secretary of State when he said, you got to get me 11,800 votes, they've cut that soundbite from the call to where it sounds like he's just saying, hey, I only need 11,800 more votes. If you get me those, I win. Find them somewhere. And that wasn't what he was saying at all. What he was saying was, and he was basing this on information that had been given to him, maybe all these people were wrong, but he wasn't committing a crime. He wasn't committing a crime by asking to get the 11,800 votes. What he was saying was, hey, I think there are hundreds of thousands of votes out there that are either illegal um, or that haven't been cast, all I need to do is find 11,800 of them and I win. I know they're out there. you got to find them, which is a perfectly legitimate phone call to make if you believe that those votes are out there. And if, and if it turns out not to be true, then you're an idiot maybe, or maybe you're, you're doing some wishful thinking on your own, or you're misinformed, or you were stupidly led by your advisors. Maybe that was all true, but it isn't a crime to ask for it. And, and they're willing to make this guy go in and have his mugshot taken because of it. They know there was no crime committed. So as I said to um, Victoria in the last segment, and I think there are a lot of people who are thinking like me, they can have this guy up on the gallows getting ready to pull the trap door uh, five minutes before I'm ready to cast my vote on a on whatever the first Tuesday is in November of 2024 and I'm voting for him unless unless there's something you know obviously a lot can happen between now and then but as I sit here right now he could be sitting in the electric chair and the guy's hand could be on the switch getting ready to push it and I'm at the same time I'm getting ready to cast my ballot I'm still voting for him because I don't believe any of the stuff they have against them, and I'm willing to change my mind if I can. If, if I can, uh, if there's stuff out there that convince, can convince me that uh, all this stuff is true. But I go back to what I just said. I saw what these I, I saw what these people did in 2016. Um, I saw where that went, and I saw them impeach him twice. They impeached him over a phone call where he was calling uh, the president of Ukraine and saying, uh, I think there might be some corruption there with um, our former vice president and his son. You might want to look into that. They impeached him for that. Now, does anybody who has seen 
what has since come out about that. Is, is there anybody who believes that that was not a legitimate phone call to make and a legitimate suggestion to give to the guy who was running the country? How could anybody not? And they impeached him for it. So, and the January 6th thing, that's a totally different question. Uh, I don't think it was an impeachable offense. I don't, I think he, uh, I think he's responsible for the people showing up. There's no question about that, but I don't think he's one bit responsible for the rioting. That's not, he didn't, he didn't encourage anybody to riot. He didn't encourage an insurrection. So he's back on Twitter. We'll see where he goes with that. Um, And the look on his face and his mugshot tells me that he's a long way from giving up. It's the, giving up. It's the exact opposite. And um, I just hope that he's sitting on information and has been all this time waiting for them to just use all of their tools to try to get him before he springs it on him. That's my hope. I don't know if that's maybe that's uh, maybe that's far fetched and I don't know, but that that's what I'm hoping happens. But I mentioned to start here in my rant that uh, the media this couldn't be happening without the media. So here's a story from. Uh, Newsbusters, CNN and MSNBC refused to air Trump's remarks after his arrest. Now, again, the, this guy is the president, former president of the United States. He's the front runner for the he's the front runner for the presidency of the United States in 2024 because he's the leading Republican candidate and he's leading Biden in most of the polls. So he is right now the front runner for president uh, uh, for the 2024 election. Uh, In a case of blatant election interference, both CNN and MSNBC refused to air Trump's remarks live on the tarmac after his arrest in Fulton County, Georgia. In stark contrast, Fox News did air Trump's comments live, where he lashed out at being arrested for a fourth time in as many months. Just like earlier in the evening, both CNN and MSNBC aired wall-to-wall coverage of Trump's every move to and from the Fulton County, Georgia jail, where he was fingerprinted and got his mugshot taken. Both networks had cameras rolling while Trump got out of his limousine and walked to the cameras. Despite this, they kept Trump's volume down and continued with their panel discussions. So uh, when Trump appeared in front of the camera, MSNBC host Rachel Maddow narrated for viewers what was happening. In terms of what we're looking at, as I mentioned, there's always a chance tonight that former President Trump was going to be speaking, making remarks before he gets back on the plane. Uh, this isn't the first time Matt Al refused to air Trump's remarks. Back in June, Trump was set to address supporters after a, a previous arraignment, and Matt Al announced her network's refusal to air Trump's speech because there's a cost for her network to knowingly broadcast untrue things. That's what she said. So this is... For someone who's worked in the media all his life, which I have, for these networks to show that they believe that this story is big enough to give wall-to-wall coverage to his arrival, to narrate the story, recap the story, summarize everything that's going on, explain to people why he's there, go back and forth with whatever experts they have on, and talk about the fact that he's being arraigned, I'm sorry, arraigned, yeah, and, 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 and arrested and had his mugshot taken, for, to, take, to, to do that story and take it right up to the point 
to where the subject of that story, Donald Trump, comes out and 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 is given his chance or takes his chance, his opportunity to give his side of the story and not allow the guy to give his side of the story. Whatever you think of his side of the story, if you think he's completely out of his mind, if you think he's a liar, if you think he's a criminal, if you think he should be uh, given the electric chair or or the or the, the lethal dose, whatever you think, as a journalistic enterprise, how do you do the story right up to the point where the person who's the subject of the story you're doing speaks and then not cover that part of it? I don't know. Maybe it's a a more uh, offensive to me because I've worked in the media and I think I have an idea of how you're supposed to cover a story, whether it's sports, politics, whatever it is. Maybe that's why it bothers me more, but I don't care if you've never worked in the media in your life. How do you not look at this and know that that's uh, just blatantly biased, uh, irresponsible, dishonest? Just, I don't know, come up with a few more adjectives. But that's what they did yesterday. And we have 14 more months of this coming, and they're going to continue to do it. They did not give this guy a chance to respond or show his response to what they covered all day long. And, uh, and they covered it wall to wall. And, and they, they can sit back and think that uh, they do it with a straight face. They think that they're running an actual legitimate, credible news operation, and they don't do that. Fox, by the way, whatever you say about Fox, would never do that. Never do that. If Joe Biden is dragged in, and, and uh, which I hope he is in the next 15 or 20 minutes, if he's dragged in and he has to go through the same thing and he's fingerprinted, do you think Fox for one second would consider not allowing their audience, forget Trump not allowing uh, Biden to say it or to be heard saying it, not allow their audience to hear Biden say uh, and what he uh, believes after all this happens to allow Biden to give his response. There is no way on this earth Fox wouldn't would do the same thing and not let uh, not allow Joe Biden to do it. So that's where we are, and uh, it's not even September yet, and we have fourteen months plus left of this. I'll be right back. Well, just in case you weren't sure that you uh, don't want these people to be in charge and you're not um, aware of how important it is that uh, Donald Trump stays alive, and I mean that literally, actually, but stays alive in the race uh, for president, um, there's a little story here. I, was, I tried to get somebody on here to talk about it today, and I hope maybe to get him on next week. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that these people that we are trying to keep out of power – do. There's a farmer. Uh, it's a farm called Country Mills Farms. Uh, they sell fruit from uh, orchards, uh, and they, they go to the farmer's market. They were going to the farmer's market in East Lansing, Michigan. And uh, this guy's from Michigan. His name is Steve Tannis, I think. Uh, Tennis. Uh, and the city officials in East Lansing uh, that was ruled today by a court that they had violated his religious freedom when they barred his participation in the event, of a, they wouldn't let him come 
to the farm market sponsored by the city of East Lansing because uh, way back several years ago, he put up on his Facebook page that he and his business adhere to the Catholic teaching related to same-sex marriage. This farm, he offers part of the property uh, you know, as a wedding venue, but they will not rent out the property for same-sex weddings, which I wouldn't do either, uh, by the way, for whatever that's worth. Uh, but the officials claimed that he violated the city's non-discrimination policies. Now, how that had anything to do with the farms, farmer's market in East Lansing, I don't know. But on August 21st, a few days ago, U.S. District Court Judge Paul Maloney found that the city's refusal to allow tennis to participate in the farmer's market violated his constitutional rights under the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment. Seven years he's been waiting. There was an injunction so that they had to let him come to the farmer's market. So he's been able to go because while this was pending. But the case was for seven years. He was uh, represented by Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, I tried to get either this guy, the farmer tennis, or someone from ADL on today, and I couldn't do it, but maybe next week. But um, this was... This is the con- this is what you're dealing with everywhere. This is East Lansing, Michigan. We just talked about what a joke San Francisco is and and uh, all of California is. That's what you have when these people, these creeps, these Democrats are in charge. This guy he wants to have his use his farm for weddings. He doesn't want to have to see one man marrying another man because he's a Catholic and he doesn't believe that a man can marry another man. Neither do I, for that matter, but that's another subject. Um, so he, he, it's his property. It's his property. You know, property rights. And some creep or creeps in East Lansing, Michigan, are going to tell him that he's not allowed to believe that. And and not only that, but they prevent him from coming to this farmer's market. It's, it's unbelievable to me. And, and, and I can't believe that any sane person votes for people who who are responsible for this kind of stuff. So it's one minute to go for the week, and I've gotten to this point, so I need to talk about the Steelers. They ended the preseason last night. Kenny Pickett's been excellent. People are very excited. They should be. But people may need to calm down just a little bit. It's the preseason. Uh, But also, I can't think of anything dumber in sports than playing that preseason game last night, getting the fans fired up for football, getting a chance to talk about the Steelers, and then having them wait 17 days before they play another game. Which is one of the big flaws in football is that there's way too much talk Way too much practice and not enough actual playing of games. This is another example of that. 17 days you're going to have to listen to talk, and that's all I'm going to talk for this week. I'll talk to you on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.